And welcome to The Real Money Show, the number to start investing as always, one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Jeremy, it's uh, it's another week we're here. In a few minutes, we're just waiting to get him on the line is uh, Mark Farber from the author of, as a matter of fact, Gloom, Doom, and Boom Report. So we'll get to him in a few minutes. First, so we'll talk about, uh, as we always do at the beginning of the show, the market update for us. Yeah, we're very excited to have Mark Faber on the show and uh, discuss the markets and get his opinion, uh, which we uh, appreciate here on the show. So we're really looking forward to that. Let's get straight to the markets. Markets uh, were under more selling pressure again uh, this past week, and we put out a we put out a, a special precious metal advisor. Okay. So for people who want to get the precious metal advisor and be on that newsletter, you just contact us at Guildhall Wealth. Uh, go to the website. You can sign up to this precious metal advisor. And given that the markets are so surreal right now in the fact that we know that gold and silver are real money, that it takes blood, sweat, and tears to take this physical commodity out of the ground. And it takes literally a, a moment's breath to create billions and billions of dollars. In fact, the Fed has hmm. created $4 trillion on their balance sheet, balance sheet within the last few years. So we thought, you know, a lot of people are going to be concerned about this. A lot of people are going to come to us and say, what is going on right now? So we thought, let, let's, let's write a newsletter, send it out to our clients and, and prospects, and tell them what we know. What, okay. what do we know for certain, Okay. And uh, I'm just going to read off the list because I, I think this, is, this will give anyone an indication of anyone who has the slightest frustration of what is going on with these markets. Why are they down? It doesn't make sense. Well, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's what we know. We know that sales of Silver Eagles in October was one of the strongest months of the year uh, and the highest Octobers they've had on record. 4.3 million ounces were sold by October 28th alone, um, and I, I believe they did exceed that 5 million ounces by the end of the month. So that is an extraordinary amount of bullion being sold through uh, the U.S. Mint. What we also know is that the Canadian Mint is reporting an increased demand for physical bullion, silver maples, and are definitely on track to hit a new record in 2014. We also know that the Shanghai Gold Exchange has seen inventory levels drop 14 metric tons in September alone. And this has been an ongoing issue for the Shanghai Exchange and their stockpiles of both gold and silver being absolutely decimated in the last year. Mm -hmm. We also know that India gold imports surged 450% year over year in September which is approximately 94 tons using the average price of gold for September. They love their gold. So already, this is just four points, demand for the physical bullion regardless of price. In fact, the lower the price goes, the stronger that demand gets. We know that a a yes vote, and we're going to talk about this in, in a few moments, on the Swiss Gold Initiative referendum would mean that Switzerland would have to buy 1,700 tons of gold at the current price, which is about $70 billion worth of, uh, of expenditure. We also know, and we're going to talk about the referendum and what that means in a few moments, Russia added 1.2 million ounces of physical gold to their reserves during September, the largest month-over-month increase ever. That's a massive amount of bullion being purchased throughout the world. We know that in 2013, gold imports of uh, 1,540 tons of gold together with 430 tons of gold, they produced themselves. That was 2013 alone. Believe me, 2014, not much different. We know earlier this year, there was a stunning withdrawal from JP Morgan. Uh, They had an additional 321,000 gold ounces removed from its vault in a single day. And we also know that as of September 2014, open interest in the comics futures has been the highest since February 2008. That is a lot of synthetic supply and interest in this market um, in the paper side of things. Uh, Really shouldn't be that way. Typically, if the price is falling, open interest falls along with it. So it's very surreal times indeed at the comics. And finally, we know in comments this week, and we're going to talk about this in a, a little more detail, that Alan Greenson... Alan Greenspan had said QE failed to help the economy. 
the unwind will be painful. And I think this is a good place to jump off uh, discussing is that Greenspan has really changed his tune. He was pro gold before he got into the Fed. He was a little lukewarm on it while uh, he was there. Right? Correct. Lukewarm <laughs> being uh, being nice. And in recent weeks, he did write an article for the Council of Foreign Relations, and then he's been doing interviews and things like this, um, been at uh, events, and is becoming more and more bullish on gold and more and more of a supporter on gold, and says that if it was a relic, a barbarous relic, and had no meaning, then why would central banks want to own it? This is, this is a comment that would have been held for, for Ron Paul. These are the type yeah, of right. things that he would say when when uh, questioning Bernanke or Greenspan. These are certain things that, that he would be questioning. So it's very interesting to see Greenspan turn around and say he believes people should own gold, uh, be their own central banks, that it's an important asset, that there is no counterparty risk when it comes to gold, that it's an acceptable form of currency. It's always been. And so we, you want to take note of that. Who doesn't want to take note of a government official Granted, the Fed isn't part of the government. They're outside of the government. But it's always interesting to see what these officials say when they're finally out of out of office or out of their, their seat in terms of what they do. So this is very interesting. Now, what I think is also very interesting is that uh, German bank, there's a, a German bank now that is now charging negative interest rate to its retail customers. What this means is that if you have over half a million dollars in the, that bank institution, you are being charged a quarter percent just to keep it there. That's friendly. As someone who owns physical bullion and who deals with people interested in that market, one of the biggest arguments against owning physical bullion mm-hmm. is that it costs money to store it. You need insurance, you need security, that costs money. Why would I want to own a product that I actually literally have to spend money on to keep it? Well, with inflation, dollars are going down. And yes, the price is under pressure on gold and silver right now, but that is a very limited pos- prospect when you start to consider mining operations are, are on the verge of shutting down because the prices are way too low, way too oversold, below the cost of production. Gold and silver have the have a potential to move up. The stock market has a potential to go down. To blow up. Uh, currencies being created out of thin air have the potential to, just like thin air balloons, pop and burst and go to nothing. So the idea that we're being charged money, or at least Germans are being charged money to hold their money, is ridiculous. And it makes a lot of people think, well, maybe they should be holding gold in their portfolio if they're going to spend the money. You might as well put it somewhere where it's protected. one eight seven seven eight silver the real money show.com. Okay, our special guest, Mark Faber, is ready to go here in a couple minutes. First, uh, Jeremy, in the next few, uh, few minutes or minute anyway, tell me about the Swiss gold referendum. Yeah, this is a very interesting initiative. Uh, there's three things going on uh, that Swiss voters are, are getting involved in. Is One is whether or not the Swiss uh, National Bank should increase its gold reserves up to 20%. Um, should they stop selling uh, precious metals altogether? And should it be held totally within the country? Right now it's being held in uh, England and partially in Canada. This is a very big thing. The fact that the Swiss are even looking at this to say we need to increase our reserves. They were the last people to get off the gold standard and join the fiat party. The fact that they're coming back to the table saying maybe we should hold it really doesn't matter if, if, it, if it passes or not. It's part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Getting, getting gold and silver part of that conversation as a store of wealth is very important. For anyone that's looked at what we know – And we're going to talk to Mark Faber, but when we look at what we know, what's happening in these markets, and you see the prices being being uh, hit right now, you've got to think this is a great buying opportunity to get involved in the market. We have our e-commerce store. You can go to guildhallwealth.com, click on the uh, on the button on the right there, and you can go straight to our e-store where you can buy physical precious metals. If you're looking to store more than let's say a thousand ounces of silver, you can also look at the depository mm-hmm. for secured, allocated, uh, segregated bullion where you can have it fully insured for ease of liquidity as well. So definitely go to guildhallwealth.com for further information on that or to request the precious metal advisor, as I'd mentioned, some of our, our aspects, some of the points that we talked about last week. And call this number, one eight seven seven eight silver on the realmoneyshow.com. 
And back with more of The Real Money Show. The number is one silver therealmoneyshow.com. He's on the line, ready to go. Mark Faber, author of Gloom, Doom, and Bloom Report. Jeremy's here. So it's great to have uh, Mark Faber here on the show. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm fine. And yourself? I'm doing great. Interesting times. Your, your listeners are also fine. Yes, I hope so. The, I hope they're hanging in there with the, with the current pricing and, and bullion. These are definitely interesting times. What are you making of the markets these days? With the, we've, we've certainly seem to enter a surreal moment here with the U.S. dollar being high and the, the stock market high. What, what are your thoughts right now? Well, the markets are unpredictable, and we have, as a result of uh, monetary interventions more volatility than less and uh, concerning gold and silver and other precious metals like palladium and platinum i would say investors always say i want to buy low and sell high but they never do that they always buy high and sell low so the weakness in precious metals is distressing some people who have an overweight in precious metals. My view is this gives now people an opportunity to buy precious metals at a low price. Equally, I think the U.S. stock market is at a high price. Now, it doesn't mean that precious metals will go lower and that, go, and that the stock market won't go higher. I'm just saying, looking at asset classes, real estate, stocks, bonds, commodities, and precious metals, I think precious metals are now relatively inexpensive. Can they go down another 10, 20%? Possible. Possible. But it's better to buy gold at this level than it was at 1900. They've certainly been traditionally a good place to put assets in terms of protecting wealth, etc. Where do you, do you feel that gold and silver are there to protect wealth in lieu of the high stock prices? And where do you see things eventually turning out? Well, my view is Given the interventions by central banks and uh, their desire to expropriate people with artificially low interest rates, say you put money on on deposit with a bank, uh, the rate of cost of living increases or the rate of consumer price increases, of course, much higher than what you can get on bank deposits. So given these interventions by central banks and governments, we don't know what the outcome will be. My view is that the outcome is not going to be good. And I want to own physical gold and silver at all times but not in the United States, obviously not. Why do you think it is important to hold physical gold or silver? Uh, To own the physical is like an insurance policy. Let's say you take a life insurance policy or a health insurance policy or disability insurance or whatever it is. You don't hope that you will need it, but you do it. And I own gold, and I will never, ever sell any gold that I own for the simple reason that this is a diversification out of financial assets. I have done very well out of financial assets. In fact, I can hardly believe that I've done so well, being always on the bearish side of the world. But... I don't trust the financial markets. I think the whole thing is one day going to completely implode and collapse. Hope you're enjoying the interview. For an investor kit, this is number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver It's Paul Wiseman here. The U.S. government right now has a, a deficit of $18 trillion close to it. How can that ever get paid off? 
it will never be paid off. Never. No government can pay it off. They can roll it over. And in some cases, they roll it over like the Japanese by having the central bank buying all the government debt. This has also happened to some extent in the U.S., but not as extremely as in Japan. And so over time, you will see that the purchasing power of money will diminish. There's no question about it. So governments will eventually confiscate everybody's wealth by printing more money. Well, they won't uh, confiscate everybody's wealth. They'll, They'll never confiscate their own wealth that was earned through corruption. That will never happen. The government and the interest of the people are completely disconnected. They have no relationship. Governments make money. They is a different group of people. And so I believe that uh, the way everything will eventually end up is they'll print and print and print, and one day it doesn't work, and then they blame a few rich people. It's not the 1%. It's not even the zero one percent. It's the zero point zero one percent. They blame them and will go to the people and tell them, "Look, why aren't you doing well? Because of the zero point zero one percent." And so let's take away something from them. And this will happen, and it won't work. That's the problem. It won't work. But cosmetically, it will work for maybe one year or two years. And after the whole system will break. So do you think we're headed in for more rounds of quantitative easing? Yes. If the S&P drops 20% from whatever level that is, we're now at 2,000, whatever it is, drops from here 20%. Maybe it doesn't drop from here. Maybe we go to S&P 3,000. Who knows? Uh, I don't think so, but... If we go there and it drops 20%, for sure they will print, for sure, as a normal person. And I always tell everybody, look, I should bless Bernanke and Yellen and all these clowns that they increased my net asset value because everything I own, real estate, stocks, bonds and so forth went up in price. I should be grateful to them. But as a human being, as an observer of the world, as an economist, I really feel very distressed. And what has you most concerned? I don't know whether it's uh, the greatest concern are geopolitical issues, or, uh, but in my view, I think in the Western world, we have now reached the stage of socialism and an entitlement society where you have this political uh, correctness and this, uh, everybody thinks that the state owes them something and so forth and so on. Tonight I was in a bar and I watched some movies from the 60s about the singers at that time. This was, in my view, a genuine society. They didn't do it for the money alone. Today, you open up whatever it is, music channels or so, it's all a botox economy. It's all BS, um, self-promotion. There's no heart to it anymore. And I think in the Western world, we have very few people who are still genuine, hard-working people who wanted to give something to society. And now we have a society that wants to be given by the government. And not just in the U.S. I'm not, saying, I'm not uh, arguing against the U.S. It's the same in Western Europe. But it doesn't work.
Hope you're enjoying this interview with Mark Favre. To get an investor kit, the number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver What are you feeling about the unemployment rate that the U.S. government gives out every week, every month? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know we, we all... Don't make me laugh. Well, I'm going to make you laugh because, you know, we're on the radio uh, week in, week out, and we discuss that this is smoke and mirrors. The emperor's got no clothes. Nobody seems to get it. Only the insiders that have knowledge and know what's going on. But what is your opinion of this? Well, my opinion is irrelevant. I think these statistics are all doctored. But, I mean, in America... Uh, Paul Singer, he's a hedge fund manager. He runs over $20 billion. And he, I don't know him, but he said it the right way. All these economic statistics that are published by the government are fake. And the fact is simply this. Okay, statistically, the unemployment rate has gone down. But... Equally, the labor participation rate is at like a 30 years low. If everything was so hunky-dory, why is it that the home ownership rate is at the 30 years low? People don't have the money. They can't buy homes. It's an affordability issue. And look, I want to tell you something. I started to work in the 70s. At that time, if I had a salary and I put some money on the side, I put it in the bank at an interest rate or in treasury notes at an interest rate of, say, 6% per annum. So even with my brain that is very not very smart, I compounded the money at 6%. Then interest rates went to 15%. At some stage, I compounded the money at 14%. Now, you start to work, or your children start to work. They work hard. They have basically living expenses that are uh, such that they can hardly save any money. But say, assuming they live very frugally, which they want, because they're your children, (laughs) they put their money at zero interest rates in the bank. So how can they build wealth? Okay, they buy stocks, but stocks are not cheap. And just before we go, I want to make sure that people can get in touch with you and get your reports uh, for the gloom, boom, doom report. How did people get in touch with you? Well, basically through the website, uh, gloomboomdoom.com and we're also going to send an email to you <laughs> <laughs> and we can also we're also going to have that on our, our website for people to get to it's I did want to ask you a quick question uh, by the way what do you make of uh, the uh, drop in oil pricing lately well there have been a lot of commentaries and some people say Saudi Arabia is manipulating the price lower or whatever it is, my sense is, if I look at the global bond market, French bonds yield 10-year bonds. I'm talking here. French bonds yield 1.21% today. German bonds, less than 0.9%. 10-year bonds. Swiss bonds, 0.43%. Japanese bonds, 0.45%. U.S. government bonds, 2.35%. The issue I really want to say is the bond market is not completely stupid. The bond market seems to tell us that the global economy is weakening The stock market seems to say that the global economy is strengthening. Somebody will be wrong, and I would bet on the bond market. I don't think that it's a good investment to buy 10 years U.S. treasuries at 2.3%, but you understand? Maybe stocks are even worse. Who knows? 
That's why when you asked me at the beginning, what should the investors do? I said, you have to be diversified. We don't know how the world will look like in five years' time. And I believe that uh, uh, for the next six to 12 months, interest rates are unlikely to go up substantially. Will they go up substantially in future? Yes. But if they do, I can tell you that the stock market is going to get hit very hard. One more question, actually, Mark, before we have to go. Um, would you encourage uh, people to – we have actually a depository in the U.S. and Canada and also in Singapore. Would you encourage people to own gold and silver outside the U.S. and Canadian banking system? Yes, for sure. I would encourage people only to own physical gold outside the U.S. Makes a lot of sense. Because uh, at Guildhall, we. I would encourage people not to go into the U.S. at all. After all the bad experiences I had with immigration in the U.S. Okay. Uh, at Guildhall, we have you know, availability for depository, which is safe, secure, allocated, segregated. We give our clients bar numbers and it's titled to them. So I just wondered if you thought that you know, owning product out of the U.S. in Singapore and in Canada would be that wise, wise decision. Yes, I think so. But uh, equally, I'm here to give an interview about my own views. I'm not here to advertise any product. But I think if I were a U.S. citizen or any person in the world, I would not trust central banks and governments. I would be my own central bank, and then I would put some of my money in gold and silver, whether it's 10% or 20% or 30%, that I don't know. But I would at least put some of my own money in precious metals, and as I said before, outside of the great empire of the United States. Mark Faber, it's been an absolute pleasure. I want to thank you very much for joining us here on The Real it's Money my Show. my pleasure. Thank you. And we'll take a short break as well. one silver is the number to get an investor kit and online, therealmoneyshow.com. And back with more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, therealmoneyshow.com. Paul, Jeremy, guys, let's talk about some diamonds now. Love this part of the show. John, you're absolutely right. Let's talk diamonds. Um, we have actually pulled in some beautiful, beautiful pink diamonds that will be going on the website this week. Let me just tell you a couple of the diamonds mm-hmm. that we have. We've got an unbelievable argyle pink. It's over a half a carat. It's a .54. It's a fancy purposely pink. It's a VVS2, very, very high clarity. Um, it's a round diamond. It's a stunning, stunning diamond, and that will be on the website next week. We also have uh, another diamond that I really, really like. It's a 0.43. Um, it's a cushion. It's a fancy, and again, it's a VS2. At Guildhall, when we sell pink diamonds, we only sell VS quality and up. And the reason that we sell VS quality and up, because this makes it an investment grade. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of diamonds out there, especially in pinks, that are SI1, uh, SI2, that are really, in my opinion, not investment grade. So you want to, when you buy a pink, the first thing that you're looking at obviously is the color. The second thing that you're looking at is the clarity. And we go for the highest clarity in pinks, which is VS and in VS upwards, VS1, VVS2, VVS1, and internally flawless when we can find them, which are, are extremely, extremely rare. And I was fortunate enough this week to have sold a 0.53 oval, fancy, internally flawless, which was a great, great deal for my client. One of the other diamonds that we bring in, again, is another round diamond. This is also an argyle pink. It's a 0.33. That's a third of a carat. It's a fancy pink VS1 round diamond, beautiful, beautiful color. This is an investment-grade diamond. You can only make money on the argyle pinks right now. One of the other diamonds that we brought in, which I love to death, 
And the reason I love it, it's an orangey pink. It's a half carat. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful diamond. It's a cushion. Uh, the polish is excellent. The symmetry is very good. This is also an incredible, incredible investment diamond. And all four of these diamonds will be up on the website next week. If you need to get some prices before they come up, give us a call. Uh, we'll be happy to give you the prices. They're going to be in for appraisal this weekend, and we should have the appraisals out, and they should appraise very, very high. Jeremy, I'm I'm shocked. The last you know several weeks or months away, we've been talking about pink diamonds. I can't believe you guys have done due diligence. Got four of these things. They're not going to get up on the website. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be gone before they're up on the website for sure. I can't believe Paul just rang, rang off four of them. It's yeah, incredible. It, it, it is one of those situations where when it rains, it pours. Yeah. If, you know, you we go months where we can't get one, and then sometimes parcels come around and and we do get lucky. Over, on the whole, diamonds, you know, under half a carat, whether they're fancy or intense, pink diamonds, we really see less than 25 of these type of diamonds a, a year. So, you know, we've gotten four, um, but we've, we went through a, a pretty good dry spell where we weren't able to replace the the inventory that we'd, we'd had over a period of time. At the same token, even the, the larger, or I should say the more expensive pink diamonds, mm-hmm. Uh, have been quite popular too. Um, we've sold a, a point. Uh, sorry, we sold a, a one carat pink, and uh, the clients are starting to see the benefits of owning an investment grade natural fancy colored diamond. Because at the end of the day, there's only so many places where you can comfortably put your put your money, where you can protect it, where you're going to get comfortably. In, in these cases, well over 10%. And in, in, in when you're looking at pink diamonds, you could be looking at well over 20% gains on an annual basis. If you're happy to sit back, not do anything with your investment, not worry about it, but nice. you, you can look at the long term, this is, this is planning for the future at, the, at, at its best. Owning a colored diamond where you can have it for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and that you know that that's going to represent an increase over that time, it just becomes a, a breath of fresh air. It becomes a, a, a sense of well-being to to have that in your portfolio. So we're very excited about it. Uh, you know, every every week when we see colored diamonds that are of inferior quality to what we're looking for, we get excited. Every time we see people purchasing a colored diamond and gaining on those colored diamonds, we get excited. Every time we see a client resell a diamond when the time is right and have made money on it, we also get excited. And seeing the increase in attention to the market is also very nice. We see that from um, from auctions. We see it in, in jewelry that there's a growing demand. Talking to, to Mark Faber this week on the show, he was discussing Asia and the, and the growth there and that they're willing to work really hard to, to make money in Asia and to and to do well for themselves. And last week we were talking to Paul Zimniski and he was saying, look, three out of 10 people get engaged with, with a diamond in, in China and that number is set to grow. So if you can buy a diamond that is of superior quality, it's not only going to be beautiful, it's going to be an investment. And that's where we place ourselves with our inventory. John, I just showed you that yeah. Diamond around the Amazing. colors that were coming off of it. Look at this diamond. That's that point five zero. That's a VS. It's pink. Look at the color of that stone. Incredible. Just a magnificent color. Color. It's VS quality stone. Those are the type of investment wow. grade diamonds that we bring to our clients. Uh, every time I bring these pinks out, you know, we do get that wow factor. And people do say, wow, what an incredible color. What an incredible stone. And this is the type of diamond that you buy not only for your kids' education, for your retirement. If you're looking to put your kids through university, whether it's you know, 10, 15 years down the road, or whether you're looking for your own retirement 10, 15 years down the road, I can't think of a better investment you know, to put your funds into right now. The stock market is at an all-time high. Gold and silver is kind of lagging a little bit right now. But we feel natural fancy color diamonds, since they've been keeping records and since we've been selling them for the last 40 years, they have never, ever dropped in price. And you have to realize for every 10,000 carats of white diamonds mined, there's only one carat of a color. It doesn't mean it's an investment grade. To find an argyle pink of a VS quality, you have to mine probably a million carats of white diamonds to come up with something so magnificent, something so beautiful, something that is going to go up in value and is going to make you money. 
You know, Jeremy, I can imagine just Paul showing me that diamond sitting on a piece of white cloth, and it looks absolutely stunning. That in a piece of jewelry must be unbelievable. Unbelievable. I Just earlier this week, I helped a client... Uh, place a yellow diamond into a setting. We work very closely with our designer and and he gives his advice and his encouragement in terms of what he thinks will really show off the diamonds at their best. What other investment can you wear and enjoy while it's making money besides owning incredibly high-end art uh, that you can at least watch, look at on, on the wall? In this case, you can actually wear your investment, which is a wonderful thing to do. And we do see people doing that. We see a lot of second time couples where they've, they've, uh, they're on their second marriages where they say, you know, the first time round they, they bought a white diamond and maybe that didn't go up in value the way they see the colored diamonds going up. So they say, you know what, I want to make a purchase this time that, that is going to, to have some, some run in it, that it's going yep. to, to, to go the distance in terms of making money. And then as well, what I really like about it is just the planning factor, just, you know, being able to put a diamond away for 20 years, knowing that you're going to retire in 20, 25 years, wear that diamond, enjoy that diamond, and know that you don't have to worry about putting something away for your retirement as much now because you've taken care of it already. Inflation is going to continue to go up. Uh, taxes will most likely rise. Prices will most likely rise. And colored diamonds beat inflation and so it's it's very nice to know that when you have a colored diamond that you're achieving your financial goals and they look so much nicer than a mutual fund staple to your little pile that's for sure <laughs> well, right? th- th- that's another diamond i'm showing yeah. you just now i've shown you three diamonds i've shown you a purposely pink an orange pink and this is a fancy pink that's almost a bubblegum pink it's just a magnificent color look at the fire and the scintillation that's coming over that diamond there's a difference at Guildhall. Oh. When we buy natural fancy colored diamonds for our clients as investments, we have criteria. The criteria that we have is the first thing we look at is the color. The second thing that we look at is the clarity. And the third thing we look at is the cut. Carrot weight is important. When you're buying a pink diamond, you know, we try to sell a minimum of a quarter carat because normally pink diamonds don't come in large sizes. But we like to sell quarter carat, half carat in pinks and so-and-so. The other selection that we have as well is a magnificent selection of yellows. To me, the yellow vivids and the yellow intents are incredible, incredible investments. And I think we probably have one of the largest collections of internally flawless yellow diamonds on our website. If you go to Guildhall Diamonds, um, you will see a magnificent collection of yellows and pinks, also some greens that we've got in. And we're also bringing in um, a couple of stones that I've bought a parcel, which I don't even want to talk about on this show, but we'll talk about on future Mm -hmm. shows, um, that I've actually bought for my own personal collection, but I'm hoping to put some of those on for our clients, especially for our collectors. Now, in the upcoming segment, I think we should really talk about how to make money owning a colored diamond, what you want to look for, Mm -hmm. what you need to do, um, what you're going to need to learn. And for those who are interested in learning more about colored diamonds and why this market is uh, such a good market to be participating in, we do, of course, have investment kits for clients who are interested. That'll be our launching point for the next segment. So we'll take a short break. The number to start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshowcom You can also go to guildhalldiamonds.com as well. More of The Real Money Show coming up. And back with more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshowcom You can also go over to guildhalldiamonds.com to start investing and look at some of the uh, wonderful collection you've got uh, online, Jeremy. Really, really nice. Those diamonds you brought in today were absolutely fantastic, right? So those are beautiful. Those diamonds are going to be in the 30,000-plus range. We do have diamonds that start around 10,000 for a one-carat fancy yellow, internally flawless. Still beautiful. 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 It doesn't get to be much better than that. We always look for really good, well-cut diamonds, well-polished diamonds, diamonds that in yellows are internally flawless, and they have to be of a good carat size. In this case, we, mm-hmm. we really try to be above one carat to make sure that we're in that zone where it's, it's very rare, and that rarity is what's going to equal the return. It's also what equals the price. You can get into a, a one-carat fancy yellow for approximately $10,000. Now, if we moved up in grade to a stronger color from fancy, which is, think almost like a watercolor, where mm-hmm. you can recognize the color, but it's, it's light. 
we want to move into an intense where the color is is very um, clear in terms of what you can see. You understand it's a color. You can see this is a yellow diamond, the intense. You're going to be moving up now into the mid-20,000 range, and we're talking Canadian prices okay. to purchase that diamond. That represents the rarity. It represents what it's going to take to replace that diamond today if we were to buy it. Several years ago, two, three years ago, you could have bought that diamond below 20000 into the mid into the mid to higher teens, you could have bought that diamond. Today, of course, it's now into the mid-20s for that intense yellow. We were selling those same diamonds, the intenses, for 14, 15, 13, 14, 15,000. Wow. You're looking at 24, 25 and up uh, in a carat size. They are great, great investments. Uh, as I said in the first segment, in 40 years since they've been keeping records, never, ever dropped in price. They increase in value. And again, there's no new mines coming on site. So, the you know, the mines are closing up. For example, if we look at the pinks, the Argyle mine in Western Australia, um, they actually produce 90% of the world's pinks. But yet the pinks out of that mine is one-tenth of 1% one of their production. It's, you know, it's a cup full of diamonds. It's a sideline business for them, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they produce you know, a lot of white diamonds, industrial diamonds, uh, brown diamonds, which are cut into colors, food categories like cognac, chocolate, um, anything else. Can you think of another color that they want to sell it? Oh, champagne. Right. Those are the, you know, what they call the colors, but not investment grade. Um, you need a yellow, you need a pink, you need an orange, you need a green, you need a blue, you need a red. These are the type of diamonds that would increase in value. It's a great, great time to get into these diamonds. Um, we just had a tender finish up from the Argyle mine. This year, we didn't get one stone from the tender. Last year, we had a tough time as well. The year before, we got three stones. And those diamonds have gone up unbelievable. They've doubled and tripled in price from two years ago. So when you get an Argyle tender stone, it's something not only of beauty, but of rarity, and it's something to hold for a long, long term investment. At Guildhall, we really go out of our way to get the best of the best stones. It's like buying a car. Would you buy a Rolls Royce with a scratch and dent, a brand new car? Absolutely you wouldn't. Would you buy a Ferrari with a big ding in the, you know, the side of the door? You want something that is special. You want something that is cut to perfection, that has the right even saturated colors that when you look at the diamond, the fire and the color from the make of that diamond just comes off of that diamond. So Guildhall, there's other companies out there that sell natural fancy color diamonds, but you pay a little bit more sometimes for the best of something. And that's what we do at Guildhall. We go out and we buy the best. one eight seven seven eight silver on the real money com, Jeremy. Yeah, and we do have an investor kit for people who are looking to understand a little bit more about natural fancy color diamonds and learn about that market. We don't expect anyone to just jump in. Um, of course, we also have a buyer's guide for anyone who's been comparing prices and are getting closer to that buying point. They might want to know a few more things about what they should be looking for from uh, someone who is selling natural fancy color diamonds Things such as, are they a member of the NCDIA, the Natural Colored Diamond Association? Do they have a GIA alumni and uh, diamond grader on staff? What kind of information can they provide? And uh, what, what's the overall inventory like? With Guildhall, we really, you know, if you look at, at an inventory that we have on any given day and it's always rotating, they're only the best of the best diamonds out there. We'll only buy diamonds that we can stand behind and if we don't sell them in six months, they're worth a, they're worth more. We have to replace that diamond, so every year they get more expensive. So just as I was saying earlier, uh, one carat intense yellow, internally flawless. Several years ago, you would have been buying in Canadian dollars in the mid-teens. Today, it's in the mid-twenties. A vivid diamond. Now we're talking. A one carat vivid yellow is in the mid-forties. It used to be in the mid thirties. Ten years ago, um, you could have bought it for seven, eight thousand dollars. That's insane. Today, today you know, you're and it's crazy. From Thirty-five to forty thousand a carat. It all depends. Again, cut is important. You know, the best cuts are normally cushion and radiant and pear shapes, uh, ovals. I mean, those are the cuts that we look for because the color, you know, just comes out on the diamond. The f they just fly off. I mean, I'm always fascinated every time I buy a diamond. You know, I don't want to let it go. They're like my babies. They're like my kids. Mm. 
about, you know, we're in business and our business is to buy the best, to give our clients the best product for a great investment, that's somewhere down the road that that customer is going to want to sell that diamond. We're happy to take back a diamond that we've purchased for that client. Most of the people that are in our industry, yes, they sell color diamonds. Yes, they have some great prices, but they never, ever want to take the product back. That's not a good sign. And, and what we mean by taking the product back, it means that we're happy to help resell that diamond at the right time. When you purchase a colored diamond, it comes with certain expectations. This is a long-term investment. You don't buy it to hope to sell it a year later. If you're putting in money like half a million dollars, the, the diamond will increase significantly in the course of a year. And yes, you might look to, to sell that diamond a year later. And if it takes six months or a year, guess what? You're selling it at, at a higher price even still. Just like you know, we're here in Toronto in the condo market, if you don't buy it day one, it's more expensive mm-hmm. on, on the fourth month. And once that, that construction is completed, it's even higher still. Mm-hmm. Diamonds are very similar. If you take a pass, that's okay. It's, it, the prices continue to rise because the rarity is there. But unlike the condo market, you can't just create a diamond. They were created billions and billions of years ago, and they're not creating anymore. And as Paul mentioned earlier, the diamond mines are generally closing to re- to open mines is a very expensive process now you're also looking to to open mines in in undesirable geographic locations really? whether it's geopolitically mm. undesirable or or literally for example in Canada in the tundra uh, these aren't easy places to to mine which only creates more expensive diamonds down the road and of course you have the demand growing all the time we're we're living at a point where there's more people on the planet than ever and there's more people in asia india china looking to grow their wealth looking to protect their wealth that they've worked so hard for and wanting the middle class things that we've had in north america for so long and so there's a fundamental base below this market in terms of pricing and this is why when you're looking at something so exceptionally rare the prices continue to rise so This isn't a market that anyone can just jump into, and a lot of people don't know about the market. And this is one of the reasons why we have this show, is to help educate people, even to just spark that idea of, hmm, maybe I'll look into this. Maybe I'll get an investor kit. Maybe I'll see what this is all about. And then you'd understand why our criteria are so high. And yes, these these diamonds are going to be more expensive than any other color diamond, because these diamonds are in a class all their own that create that return. And that return to get that to get that sort of profit in these in these type of assets, you need to hold on to them. Jeremy, say I got a flavor for uh, a colored diamond, maybe a little more, Paul. I want to bounce over and maybe throw some precious metal in with the diamond. How does that work? Well, that's a great way to go, especially today when gold and silver is really, really undervalued. But we started off in the gold and silver market and we brought diamonds to our clients. But now our clients have requested us to go a little bit further and we've, we, you know, we organized and we developed an e-commerce site. And the e-commerce site really is a piece of cake where a client can go on, log on, you know, we sell Royal Mint bars, whether it's a maple leaf one ounce or a 10 ounce, uh, bar of silver or a 100 ounce bar. That's a Royal Canadian Mint. We have maple leaves, gold maple leaves. We have one ounce Royal Mint bars, 10 ounce bars kilo bars of gold we have silver eagles and uh, buffaloes and a few other coins that we throw in that people want to collect but we're into making it as easy as possible to buy gold and silver you can go on log in go to guildhall diamonds right hand guildhall wealth rather right hand corner you'll see the e-commerce site click it on you can go and buy gold silver if you want to pick it up from our location you can do that or we can deliver it to you but at guildhall as well we, we you know we sell physical gold silver platinum and palladium you can buy it you can take it home for home delivery or you can go to e-commerce use the e-commerce site to take it home or have it delivered to you but we also have a depository which is for the basically for larger deposits, anything of more than basically 200 ounces of silver, you know, a 1,000 ounces of silver weighs 70 pounds. You don't want to be lugging that backwards no. and forwards. You need to keep it in a secure, safe 
place. Our depository is safe, secure, segregated. It's allocated. We can title the product to you. We have a great, great offer as well to all of our listeners out there and to all of our clients. When you buy a 100-ounce bar of silver, that's a Royal Mint 100-ounce bar. You receive a one-ounce maple leaf, silver maple leaf, completely free of charge. So you want to get into that. If you want to put any depository, if you want to deposit metal, whether it's gold or silver, into our depository, we are offering no fees free for one year and also no storage fee starting actually in 2015. And our storage fees are very, very cheap at the best of times. 1.3% a year storage insured product is probably the cheapest out there. So go to our website, Guildhall Wealth, go to the e-commerce site, go to Guildhall Diamonds. Diamonds, a little bit of of gold and silver is a great way to hedge against these in in my opinion uh, there are some treacherous times going to be happening mm-hmm. you know the stock market is not going to keep on moving up and up and up the real estate market is not going to keep going up and up and up gold and silver has been beaten down pretty badly and i think it's ready to rebound and it's a great great time to get into this market and if you look across uh, across the pond in Europe, for example, Germany um, just came out with a report that they've started, you know, they have the negative interest rates. Well, that's worked its way into the banks. Now, if you have over half a million dollars, you're going to be charged a quarter of a percent just to hold your money in the bank. So we're getting to those times where if you are holding a good sum of, of cash, it's going to cost you to hold that cash doesn't make any difference if you're putting that cash into something that's secured wealth for for hundreds and thousands of years, which is physical gold and silver. They have secured um, wealth. They've protected wealth. It's been a store of value. And diamonds do the same thing. So for anyone looking to, for as little as $10,000 in a fancy yellow, to as much as half a million or more, you can put your funds into a hard asset like a diamond, like bullion. Understand that, well, with with a diamond, it doesn't cost anything to to hold it. Maybe you might want to look at your insurance. With bullion, it's a very low cost to to hold it. It's also a more liquid market. You're going to be looking for times to to perhaps buy and sell. So. Again, you can get an investor kit, learn all about these investments. We'd be more than happy to uh, walk you through our process and help you in any way we can. Metal Advisor, which we come out, send out weekly, Mm -hmm. um, which tells you what's happening in the bullion market as well as the natural fancy colored diamond market. And it's a must have, it's a must read. You need to get that every week. Call us, sign up uh, for the Precious Metal Advisor. Another good week, fellas. We'll wrap it for another week. There is alternative investments, solid ones, good ones. You should be all over this. one 878 silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.